This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed. This week's hour of old-time radio crime begins with the adventures of Sam Spade. We'll hear his story from July 25th, 1948, titled The Mad Scientist Caper. After that, it's Philo Vance and the Tick-Tock Murder Case. That episode aired August 2nd, 1949. Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. Wild Root Cream Oil, again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Mad Scientific Detective number 137596. Sam, no matter what anyone says, I'll stand by you. You're nothing of the sort. Not scientific? Of course not. You're too fisted. Well, thanks, Effie. And that ain't all, Effie. I was actually mistaken for a convolutional melancholiac. Oh, Sam, are you all right now? Wrong diagnosis, Angel. It turned out to be melancholia catatonica. Oh, you poor darling. What is that? Well, it's a thing where you lie motionless and silent with fixed eyes and indifference to surroundings. Unquote. Sam, what happened to you? What hospital are you in? Can I bring you anything? No, Effie, I am now at large. Pull down the blinds, check the corridors for men in little white coats, and set a bottle in the window if the coast is clear. Oh. I'll be right down to dictate my report on the mad scientist caper. <laughs> Dashiell Hammett, America's leading detective fiction writer and creator of Sam Spade, the hard-boiled private eye, and William Spear, radio's outstanding producer-director of mystery and crime drama, join their talents to make your hair stand on end with the adventures of Sam Spade. Presented by the makers of Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair. Nobody has to tell you that a neat personal appearance can have a lot to do with helping you get ahead on the job. Now, the first step to a good appearance is well-groomed hair. And I mean hair that's groomed with Wild Root Cream Oil. Wild Root Cream Oil always grooms the hair neatly and naturally. It relieves dryness, removes loose dandruff. Yes, men, to look your best at all times, spruce up with Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. And now, with Howard Duff starring as Spade, Wild Root brings to the air the greatest private detective of them all in the adventures of Sam Spade. Why is it so dark in here? Well, I had to put the lights out. The blinds stuck. I couldn't get it down. The heat's off, Effie. Let there be light. Oh, oh, I'm so glad. Let me look at you. Don't look at me like that and stop whispering. Oh, Sam. You get me all upset like that just for a joke. It's no joke, sweetheart. You really sick? Yeah, just sick of some of the types I made in this business. Oh, Sam. Uh... Date, uh, July 25, 1948, to Detective Lieutenant Dundee, Homicide Detail, San Francisco Police, from Samuel Spade, license number 137596, subject, the mad scientist caper. I worry so. <sighs> Dear Dundee, he, uh, looked like a mad scientist, and that's exactly what he was. 
His eyes had a wild gleam in them, his hair was a wild tangle, and he was wearing a wild assortment of clothing that looked as if they'd been slept in and shipped. He leaned across the desk at me and said, They have stolen my secret formula. They have? Gee, that's too bad. Oh, you think I'm crazy? I don't know yet, I just met you. My name is Raymond Fox. Does that mean anything to you? Raymond Fox, uh, yeah, I think it does, but I don't quite remember what. I invented the helioscope. Helioscope. No, that wasn't it. I also synthesized hydroxylamide photocraniton. That was it. Yes, but unfortunately, production costs were prohibitive. Uh-huh, but you didn't let that discourage you. Oh, no, 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 indeed. You see, after a brief illness, I was back in my laboratory, perfecting my greatest contribution to science, what may prove to be the greatest contribution of science to humanity. I call it penetron. Penetron. That is what they have stolen, the secret formula for penetron. Penetron, huh? Now, uh... What exactly is penetron, Mr. Fox, and who are they? Uh, well, penetron is a plastic with a molecular structure which repels atomic radiation more efficiently than lead, yet weighs less than aluminum. Oh, that. Do you realize the significance of this? Well, uh... And imagine, imagine a motor no larger than a cigar box with a power potential that even I don't believe, but they do. Who's they? Grierson Enterprises. Now, how do I know this? When I applied to the patent office to protect my discovery, I received this letter. Yes, go on. Read it for yourself. Uh, Commissioner of Patents, Washington, D.C. Dear Mr. Fox, your application for patent on formula designated under the trade name Penetron is hereby rejected. Uh Both formula and trade name, together with descriptive material identical to yours, have been registered by Mr. Albert Grierson, Grierson Enterprises, San Francisco. Very truly yours, George Sherman, Acting Deputy Assistant Commissioner. There, there, there. You you see? Uh, Yes. You don't need a detective, Mr. Fox. What you need is a good patent lawyer. Lawyer? Ha, I have one. A legal ball of fire named Roscoe Manning. You know this scoundrel? Yeah, he's got an okay reputation. And I am paying for it. $3,000 in retainers. And now he tells me he can do nothing. Insufficient evidence, he says. What is this outfit, Grierson Enterprises? Yeah, a snare in a delusion with, with rented furniture, unscientific ventilation, and dirty work at the switchboard. Mm-hmm. How did they get hold of your formula? Well, it must have been while I was ill. They came and took it away. Out of your laboratory? Oh, well, what does it matter where? I've got to start someplace. Start with the man. I promise you he's a crook. If he steals from me, he's stolen from others. If we can prove that, then I have a case. Well, I can't promise you anything, Mr. Fox, but I'll see what I can do. Uh, uh, will $100 be enough for your retainer? Too much. 25 now on the balance if I can do anything for you. I doubted if I could even earn the 25 but if he wanted to gamble, it was okay with me. The officers of Grierson Enterprises were pretty much as he described them. A beautiful front, especially at the switchboard. Grierson Enterprises, good afternoon. No, Mr. Grierson's out of town. No, I don't know when to expect it. I'll be right with you. That's good news. Grierson Enterprises? No, he is not. No, I do not, and he doesn't want to talk to you in any case, Mr. Manning. Oh, if it would just stop. Can't you shut it off? I might as well. Nobody seems to believe me anyway. You weren't looking for him, too, I hope. Oh, please, just tell me you're selling magazines or collecting salvage or just anything. My card. Oh, detective. Mr. Grierson hasn't done anything, has he? That's what I want to find out. My client says he swiped his secret formula. Oh, not that maniac. You don't look the type. You know he's mad, don't you? Maybe yes, maybe no. Personally, I'm crazy about money. Mad money, pin money, or dirty money. 
Uh, your employer didn't happen to leave any lying around, did he? No, but he has a charge account at a bar downstairs in the building when it's nearly five o'clock. Could you cross-examine me there? I thanked her as gallantly as I could under the circumstances. She said, wait here, I won't be a minute. And while she was gone, I made a quick frisk of the office. The file cabinet was empty. Grierson's desk contained nothing but two unsharpened pencils, tobacco crumbs, a rubber band, some rusty paper clips, an old gas bill, a glass ampule, broken, labeled sodium denadrine for intravenous injection, and a business card from one Roscoe Manning, attorney at law. I stuck the card in my pocket, went back to the switchboard, and in less time than it takes to tell, I was calling her Lois, and she was calling me Sam over cocktails for two. And that's all I know about it. I didn't think anything about his taking his correspondence out of the files. He often took work home with him. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you saw him? Oh, it's been nearly six weeks. You haven't heard from him in all that time? Mm. He was with Mr. Fox just before he left. They had a terrible quarrel. But then Mr. Grayson managed to get him calmed down, and they left the office together. And that's the last time you saw Grayson? Huh? Yes, and it's all very strange. What did that maniac tell you? That Grayson swiped his invention. Do you believe that? I didn't even believe in the invention. Now I'm beginning to think it was worth stealing. Oh, Mr. Grierson wouldn't. He's a brilliant man, you know. Now, what else has he invented? Well, I don't know. He always had a lot of projects, but of course he never took me into his confidence. Just exactly what is your job? Oh, it's quite simple, really. I just tell people he's an in. Yeah, look, uh, sweetheart, you really mean to tell me it never occurred to you that there might be something slightly fishy about Grierson Enterprises? I know, why should it? Because there's a smell of red herring up there. It's in the air. You mean Mr. Grayson's a crook? Well, what does that make me? Worry that out on his time. Drink up. She looked as if she were telling the truth. Though with women, especially blue-eyed women, that doesn't always mean anything. If she had anything more to tell, she obviously wasn't ready yet to tell it. I asked her to come up and listen to my Herb Jeffries records. She said my apartment needed a woman's touch. I handed her a broom. She hit me on the head with it and left. And so to bed. Up the times and phoned my client. He wasn't in. Then I phoned a guy I know who sometimes knows about things and asked him what sodium denadrine was. He said it was a sedative and or truth serum, a mental type drug. I wondered what Grierson had been using it for during office hours. I also wondered what else he'd been spending money for. I phoned another guy who knows about other things, and he called me back with the name of Grierson's bank, Golden Gate Trust. An hour later, to my surprise, I actually had something to go on. Because in the past six weeks, checks totaling 50,000 bucks had been deposited to Grierson's account, all drawn on the Citrus Exchange Bank of San Anselmo, and all bearing the signature of one Carl Birdwell, M.D. He wasn't hard to find. It was a big place on the outskirts, and the sign on the gate said, Mary F. Hotchkiss Hospital for the Mentally Deranged. Dr. Birdwell's cottage was one of five without bars on the window. He was spraying his roses. Ah, so that's cystidectomy of Dr. Kobler's. How are those convulsions? Uh, Coordination all right? I uh, can't complain. Got the use of your fingers back? Good. Pick up those shears. I want all those ragged edges cut off the hedges. Well, why don't you uh, hire a gardener out of those uh, checks to Grierson and use up all your ready cash? Eh? I thought you were the cystidectomy. Good Lord, you're that convolutional melancholiac. You're not allowed out on the grounds. God! God! Now, wait a minute, Doctor. 
matter? This one acting up? Take him back. I sent for the cystidectomy. This is the wrong man. You're huh? crazy. Come Let on. Let go of me. I'm not a patient here. I'm a detective. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Sherlock Holmes. Come on, now. Back to the violent war. Come on, lay off. I got an office in San Francisco. I can prove it. One, three, seven, five, nine, six. Okay, Dr. Watson, but come on, come on. And in more time than it takes to tell, due to the guard's jujitsu, I was disrobed, straight-jacketed, and rolled into a wet sheet. A full-fledged inmate of the Mary F. Hotchkiss Hospital for the Mentally Deranged, which is exactly where I belong for having taken Mr. Fox's 25 bucks. The makers of Wild Root Cream Oil are presenting the weekly Sunday adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective... Sam Spade. If you want the well-groomed look that helps you get ahead socially and on the job, listen. Recently, thousands of people from coast to coast who bought Wild Root Cream Oil for the first time were asked, how does Wild Root Cream Oil compare with the hair tonic you previously used? Better than four out of five who replied said they preferred Wild Root Cream Oil. And no wonder. Wild Root Cream Oil grooms the hair neatly and naturally, relieves annoying dryness, and removes loose dandruff. What's more, non-alcoholic Wild Root Cream Oil is the only leading hair tonic that contains soothing lanolin. So ask for Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. By the way, smart girls use Wild Root Cream Oil, too. And mothers say it's grand for training children's hair. And now, back to the mad scientist caper. Tonight's adventure with Sam Spade. I have been shot, stabbed, slashed, pistol with, and sapped into unconsciousness. But until you have spent a night rolled up in a wet sheet, Dundee, you don't know what punishment is. You feel hot and cold at the same time, too miserable to sleep, too exhausted to stay awake. And after four hours of it, you just give up and join the crazies pushing up the daisies. There's only one thing I can say in favor of the Mary F. Hotchkiss Hospital for the Mentally Deranged. They get the patients up early. By 6.30 in the a.m., I had been rolled out of the sheet. By quarter of seven, I had thawed out enough to be taken out of the straitjacket by an orderly. I was glad to be out of it because it was very heavy, and that gave me an idea. I picked it up and swung it. In less time than it takes to tell, I was in the orderly's uniform, out of the violent wing, and shuffling up the walk through Dr. Birdwell's rose garden and through his cottage door. Good morning, Dr. Birdwell. Good Good Lord, who let you in here? What do you want? I was trying to tell you yesterday when I was so rudely interrupted. Hey? Oh, yes, the detective. Did you say Grierson sent you? I didn't say that. I'm afraid you'll have to be absolutely specific or I can't help you. All right. My client is an inventor who claims that Mr. Grierson stole a formula from him, got a patent on it, and stands to profit to the tune of about a million bucks. The last two items check. I don't know whether Grierson's a crook or not. He's into you for 50,000 bucks, so you might know. Uh, this inventor, pale eyes, contracted pupils, big mop of hair. That's a fair description. Fox. Raymond Fox. He's a patient. Escaped from this hospital. That man, Mr. Spade, is a homicidal maniac. If you jog your memory, you may recall the case. Sacramento, 1935. Sacramento. 
Wait a minute. Chemistry professor, lab explosion? That's the case. Two of his colleagues, whom he irrationally suspected of stealing the formula for the explosive he used to blow them up. You sure they didn't? The man was adjudged hopelessly insane. He must be returned to us. He may murder Grierson, he may murder you, but he will commit a murder if he remains at large. Perhaps more than one murder. You must help us, Spade. Like you, Doctor, I can't help unless you're absolutely specific about a couple of things. Your connection with Grierson, for instance. I invested in Grierson's firm. Uh-huh. How did Fox meet Grierson? He was allowed a certain degree of freedom here during his rational period. I, I guess that he went through my papers or overheard one of my conversations with Mr. Grierson. Mm-hmm. Did you know he retained a lawyer? Huh? Manning, smart patent lawyer. You must think Fox has a case. <laughs> Surely not. Grierson thinks so, too. You've talked to Grierson? No, but I've examined his bank statements. The bank allowed that? I told him I was Grierson's attorney. The point is, Grierson is broke. Why? Because he's paid out every penny you gave him to the order of Roscoe Manning, attorney at law. And you know what I think, Doctor? Yes? I think Raymond Fox is crazy like a fox. And I had the same idea about Dr. Birdwell, but I didn't say so. I didn't feel up to spending another night in a wet sheet. I also didn't feel up to the interview that was awaiting me outside the gates. A limousine, only a little longer than a hearse, was standing at the curb. A round pink head with a gray Homburg on it bobbed out at me from the driver's seat and said, Mr. Spade? Yeah? Roscoe Manning, how'd you do? About 49975 bucks less than you've done in the caper so far. <laughs> the law is a lucrative profession, my boy. <laughs> Get in, I'll drive you back to town. No charge? Uh, I'll even give you some free advice, Sands Retainer. Well, sir, you are an elusive chap. I've had the devil's own time catching up with you. How did you? I won't ask why. Well, I am not without resources. Now, uh, as to our mutual client, Mr. Fox, uh, obviously you've learned a good deal about him. Dr. Birdwell says he's cuckoo, and it's only a toss-up which one of us he's going to blow up first. Well, just about what you'd expect from a medical man. If you'd listened to as much conflicting medical testimony in court as I have, you'd take them all with a grain of salt. Or should I say, soda mint? Or uh, sodium denadrine? That's a mysterious remark. I was just trying it on for size. It didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Well, sir, here is my proposition. As to Fox's sanity, it's of no importance. He has money, and I think he has a case. We can always get a doctor to say he's back in his right mind. Where do I fit into your scheme? You just keep looking for Grierson. And uh, watch that secretary of his. I don't trust her. Anything else? Oh, uh, I almost forgot. Here's $500, and here's your ticket to Chicago. I don't know why, but somehow I got the impression that Mr. Manning was trying to get rid of me. He should have used that ticket to Chicago himself. We stopped at Sausalito for breakfast, and the condemned man ate a hearty meal. We drove the last mile through the marina district and pulled up in front of his house. Well, sir, have a nice trip. Oh, uh, take the car, Mr. Spade. I'll pick it up at the depot. Uh, goodbye. It's been charming. Goodbye. He backed across the sidewalk, waving, and I waved back. Then he went up three steps, put a key in his door, and opened it. It didn't do much damage to the house, but all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Roscoe Manning back together again. 
I got out of the car and just made it up the steps when it happened again. I hated the look, but I did. Where the limousine had been parked with me in it was a smoking heap of scrap metal. I then headed for the nearest phone booth and pausing only to inspect it for mines and booby traps, dialed the number of Greer's and Enterprises. Greer's and Enterprises. Lois, Sam Spade. Sam, darling, thank you for the present. What present? I haven't had a chance to open it yet, but I think I can guess what it is. A traveling clock. You mean a package arrived and it ticks? Oh, darling, don't be such a tease. Now, Lois, listen. Oh. Throw it out the window. No, don't do that. Pedestrians, innocent bystanders. Uh, have you got a metal wastebasket there? I think so, yes. Well, fill it up with water and throw the package into it. And ruin my lovely clock? It is not a lovely clock. It's a lovely booby trap. Oh, go on. I'm You're... serious. Manning just got one of them, and what's left of him is on the way to the morgue. Oh, I think I'm going to see. Lois! Lois! Wake up! Pour some water on yourself! Hello, hello! <laughs> Let me through here. Come on, let me through. Lois. Lois. Oh, you're okay. Glad of that. All right, she's all right now, you people. Come on, get out of here. She's all right. Come on, get up. You're not hurt. What happened? It exploded in the water. At least you had sense enough to do what I told you to. Oh, this is a new dress. Now look at it. It looks fine here. Put this coat around you. I don't think that was a very funny joke, Sam. Neither do I. Now, uh, try and forget your clothes for a minute. And try and answer a few questions for me. There isn't much time. Sam, what is it? I want you to be very sure of this, Lois. Try and remember accurately. How many people has Grierson seen since he opened this office? Well, not very many. Which are they ever in? It's strange. Now that I think of it, I can only remember two. Mr. Manning and that mad scientist man, Mr. Fox. Yeah, did you hear any of the conversation between Grierson and Fox? Uh, he just screamed at Mr. Grierson about how his invention had been stolen from him. Then it sounded as if they scuffled, and all of a sudden, Mr. Fox calmed down. Mm -hmm. When they came out, his eyes looked funny, as if he'd been hypnotized. Yeah. Uh, what does uh, Grierson look like? Oh, he must have been quite handsome at one time. He's sort of like Gregory Peck with a mustache, only fatter and balder and older. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have put it exactly like that, but I can see what you mean. But you've never seen him. Don't make book on it, but I think I have. I made three phone calls. One to a crime reporter I don't like very well, giving him a false story on the death of Lois, Grierson's secretary. Another to my client, the mad scientist, alias Raymond Fox, and one to Dr. Birdwell. Then I went to my apartment and waited. My client arrived five minutes before the doctor. When Birdwell came in, my client said, Aha! That's he! He stole my secret formula. Now, now, Raymond, you're getting confused again. Oh. I'm the doctor, don't you remember? Th th that's not true. Your name is Grierson. Oh, it's much worse. He's identification. You must try to remember, Raymond. Nobody's going to hurt you. <laughs> but you'll be much sicker if you don't remember. But I do remember. I remember everything. You remember setting the bombs at Manning's house and the one you sent to Mr. Grierson's office? No, 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 no. Grierson isn't dead. You're Grierson. No, Grierson isn't dead. Only that poor girl. No, no, no. She didn't steal my formula. It, it was you. Oh, you're trying to mix me up. I'm trying to help you. Now, roll up your sleeve. <laughs> I'll give you something to quiet no. your nerves, and we'll go back to the hospital. Put it away, doctor. You've helped them enough. Huh? Now, look here. This man is my patient. He needs medical attention. I won't argue with you, but I think he'd better get it from some other doctor. Right now, he's making more sense than you are. Ah, just ah. keep on the way you're going, Spade, and I'll have you back in that wet sheet. I did it once, and I can do it again. Sit down. 
You got delusions of grandeur. <laughs> Stop shaking, Raymond. I said you're making more sense than he is, and I can prove it. <laughs> you think you're very astute, don't you? No, I'm stupid, but I'm lucky. I should have tumbled to the whole caper when I found that you'd invested 50,000 smackers in Grierson Enterprises. When I found out that Raymond was an escaped patient, I should have tumbled to what that Denadrine vial was doing in Grierson's desk. I should have known then that you and Grierson were one and the same person. Ah, I, I, I told when you. When I discovered that you'd paid Manning all that shakedown money, I should have known you were planning to knock him off and everybody else who could identify you. But it didn't work out that way. I got out of the car before it blew up. Dumb luck. And you can identify me as Grierson? I don't have to. <laughs> oh, God. Surely you're not counting on Raymond's sanity to that extent. He can't even remember that I was his doctor. Can you, Raymond? You're trying to mix me up. You stole my formula. I didn't kill them, did I, Mr. Spade? Now lie down on the couch and relax, Raymond. Don't worry about a thing. <laughs> well, doctor, what now? You relax, too. Okay, Lois, come on in. What? Lois! Why, Mr. Grierson, have you been sick? How dare you? How dare you ruin all my plans like this? You stupid girl! Oh, oh, oh. Okay, that's enough. Come on, get back there. Get back. Sorry, sweetheart. I didn't mean to let him get that close to you. What were you trying to do? It was an experiment, just to see what would happen. It did. So that's the way your scientific dictators work. For a hard-boiled chap, you have the vaguest way of doing things I ever heard of. Well, uh... Plans are all right sometimes, Doctor, and sometimes just stirring things up is all right if you're tough enough to survive and keep your eyes open so you see what you want when it comes to the top or something. Uh, Spade, Dundee, I'm at home. I've uh, got two homicidal characters here, one sane and one insane. Now, if you can tell the difference, I'll let you give the story to the papers. And that, Lieutenant D, is the crop. You, uh, picked the wrong one. Figures. It's as simple as this. Raymond Fox was the loony, but Birdwell, alias Grierson, conceived and executed the whole scheme, including the explosions. Don't worry about Fox. He's now back at the hospital working on a new secret formula. I don't know what it is, but it might be an anti-truth serum serum, because that's how Birdwell got the Penetron formula, by using truth serum on the mad scientist to make him talk. Any way you figure it, he's crazy like a fox. His enemies are all dead or on their way, and he's as snug as a rug in a bug house. Period. End of Looney Tunes. Well, of all... Well, just imagine. Well, it takes all sorts to make a world, I guess. Well, I guess you never spoke it through a word, Effie, but don't forget, a stitch in time saves nine. Don't feel too badly about it, Sam. Better late than never. You took the words right out of the horse's mouth, but it's later than you think, Angel. Type that up, Angel, and while you're at it, see if you can think up a way to teach an old dog new tricks. Say, mister, if you haven't tried Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, why not get it tonight or first thing tomorrow? You'll be glad you did, for Wild Root Cream Oil grooms your hair neatly and naturally without giving it that plastered-down look. Wild Root Cream Oil also relieves annoying dryness and removes loose, ugly dandruff. Simply step up to your drug or toilet goods counter and ask for Wild Root Cream Oil. In the big economy bottle and the handy new tube that's easy to pack when you travel. Also, ask your barber for a professional application of Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Oh, here it is, Sam. And I've been thinking 
thinking over what you said. Which? About teaching an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. You're only as old as you feel, Sam. Then send in the application for my old age pension. Oh, Sam, I won't let you talk that way now. You're just tired and nervous and run down. Yeah, backaches, stay up nights, sour racket. You're just feeling sorry for that Mr. Fox. I wouldn't worry about him. As you pointed out, he's safer where he is for all concerns. Mm-hmm. And after all, necessity is the mother of invention. What's that got to do with anything? Well, he's an inventor, isn't he? Oh, that. You see? All's well that ends well. Good night, Sam. Good night, Pollyanna. Pollyanna. Oh, she's a glad girl. Oh, no, Sam, that's Shakespeare, that old... You know best. All ashore that's going ashore. Good night, sweetheart. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Dove. Lorene Tuttle is Effie. The Adventures of Sam Spade are written for radio by Bob Tallman and Gil Dowd, with musical direction by Lud Gluskin. Gil Dowd directed tonight's broadcast in William Spear's absence. Join us again next Sunday for another adventure with Sam Spade. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil, again and again... The choice of men who put good grooming first. This is Dick Joy reminding you to... Get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. It keeps your hair in trim. You see, it's non-alcoholic, Charlie. It's made with soothing lanolin. You better get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. Start using it today. You'll find that you will have a tough time, Charlie. Keeping all the gals away. Hiya, Baldy. Get Wild Root right away. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. me 80 kings. Mm. I've got 120 points. Want to keep playing, Billy? If I had your luck, I'd quit the police force and play pinochle for a living. <laughs> I'm packing you in, Dan. Okay. Let's see. Now, you owe me exactly 28 cents. Yeah. I'd let you keep it if we could get some action down here at headquarters. It's tougher sitting around waiting for something to happen than it is to catch a murder gang. You're not kidding. I think maybe I'll try you once more before I quit you. Deal cards, Dan. Maybe I'll break your luck this time. Anything you say, pal. Usual stakes? Suits me fine. Just don't give me my usual cards. I'm about due to... Hey, robbery alarm, Dan. Last we got some action. Let me take a look. Uh-huh. It's the office of the Wellington Loan Company on Rugby Street. Burglar alarm wired to the safe. There go the boys. Get going, Dan. We'll miss the fun. Yeah, if we get a break, we'll grab whoever it is messing with that safe. Rugby Street isn't far. Come on, get me old bus, Dan. I'll drive you there in no time. That suits me. Let's step on it, though. Some of the boys are on the way out already. Get the car and we'll catch them. Catch the other cops or catch the crooks? Other cops first. Uh, flip on the siren, Dan. No harm in letting whoever's robbing that safe know we're coming. They heard the alarm go off anyhow. Right. All tight, laddie. Here we go.
Sit down, Vance. Sit down. Glad to see you. Thank you, Markham. <clears throat> nice to see you, too. My secretary called me at home this morning and gave me your message. Vance, I asked you to come down here because we ran into one of those ridiculous murders last night. Uh-huh. A racketeer named Tick-Tock Maxwell was shot to death. We know the time he was killed, but aside from that, nothing. Tick-Tock Maxwell? Yes. Rather an unusual name, Markham, isn't it? He used to be a watchmaker, I believe, but that isn't important. In a murder case, the only thing that is important is finding the killer. What time was the murder? Exactly 10.02. Mm-hmm. Neighbors heard shots at that time, and the medical examiner is certain that that was the hour of death. Well, and as much as we don't have anything else to go on, let's find something else. Can you leave your office now, Markham? Hi, D.A. Got good news. Oh, it should be very good news for you to come breaking in like a hurricane, Sergeant Heath. It is. Hi, Vance. Hello, Heath. D.A., get this. The burglar alarm attached to the safe at the Wellington Loan Company went off last night. My men were there ten minutes later. By that time, whoever had opened the safe, it's crammed. But at 10.30, only a half hour after we got the alarm, we had a complete set of fingerprints. How complete, Heath? You'll find out. The guy left a print of his right hand on the safe handle. We compared him with the prints on file, and D.A., we got a set that matched. How do you like that? Sounds very interesting, Heath. Whose prints are they? fellow named Carter. Frank Carter. The racketeer? Yeah. Was he turned safe, Robert? What's the difference what he's turned? We got him cold. One set of prints on the safe, only one right on the handle. <laughs> D.A., I'm going up to grab Carter. Like to go, Vance? It might be interesting. You go if you like, Markham. I'll find out what I can about the murdered Tick-Tock Maxwell. Sometimes dead men can be more interesting than live ones. <laughs> While Sergeant Heath is searching your apartment, Carter, perhaps you'll tell me where you were at 10.02 last night when the Wellington Loan Company's safe was robbed. Yeah, the district attorney, you find out. He won't talk so tough in a minute, D.A. We could take him down and book him right now on those prints we found on the safe. Try it, Heath. I'll be out on bail in an hour. You might get out for a while, Carter, but after the trial, I guarantee that you... D.A., get this. Three packages of $50 bills and their wrappers still around them. Look, Wellington Loan Company. Found him in his desk. Well, Carter, I don't suppose you have to do any talking now. This is conclusive enough. Come on, let's go. Why? Because that Heath planted some dough in my place? You still got nothing on me, D.A. Oh, the tough type, huh, Carter? Tough enough not to take any kicking around from you, and this'll prove it. Oh. Taking a punch at an officer, huh? Uh, Mr. Markham, would you turn around a minute? I think I'll go into the kitchen and get a glass of water. Hey, D.A., don't do that. Don't leave me with Heath. I won't be long. Carter, we got everything we need on you. Let's hear you do. Okay, lay off. Would you lay off? Oh, hi, D.A. Uh, listen to the little boy here. Just decided he's got something to tell you. Oh? Have you caught her? Yeah, yeah. Last night at 10 o'clock, I robbed the safe at the Wellington Loan Company. I admit it. I'll go downtown with you. Just give me a minute to call my mouthpiece and another minute to put something on this eye of mine. Oh, look, look, girls and boys. Let's do it right this time. One, two, three, four. That's all it is. A simple one, two, three, four. Like this. Look, I'll, I'll show you this step for the last time. And, and would you watch me, please? Uh, uh, pick it up, Johnny. Uh, 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 u
there, that's it. See what I mean? That's what I want. Uh, Tommy, no, that's all right. Hold it, Tommy. Okay, now, kids, will you do it? Only do it right this time. Oh, that's the way we do it. Come on, now. You've been rehearsing three days on this routine. It can't be that tough. But it is, Mr. Barton. I mean, it actually is. Oh, it is, is it, Mason? Yeah. Look, you're the one that's been messing up the steps the last couple of times we tried this. Will you concentrate? Keep your mind on what you're doing. It's one, two, three, four. Can you understand that? Sure. One, two, three, four. Okay, Tommy. Give the kids a pick up. And let's get it right this time, kids. Hit it, Tommy. All right, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Maisie. Yeah? Maisie. You want me, Mr. Barton? Yes, I want to talk to you. Did I do something wrong? Did you do anything right? Maisie, Mr. Connors in the audience watching us. He's going to wonder why I don't get rid of you so these rehearsals won't take so long and cost him so much money. Oh, I don't think he'll mind. I mean, I actually don't. All right, all right. Never mind what you think. If you think. Hmm. Just do it right this time so I don't have... Come on down here in the audience. I want to talk to you. Oh, I'm coming, Mr. Carter. Okay, Maisie, go on over with the other kids and relax. Uh, Take five, everybody. I'm on my way, Mr. Carter. Good. Hey, Bart, how long does it take you to teach a chorus a routine? Two months? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Carter. I guess the kids are a little tired. They'll do better. Well, they better do better. What's going on here? This is my first crack at show business, and I need straightening out. All I know is I got 40000 in this clam bake already, and we ain't passed the chorus routines. Maybe I need a new dance director. But I'll have everything smoothed down by this afternoon, Mr. Carter. Uh, I think I'll have to change one of the girls. Though. That's another thing I want to talk to you about. There's a girl in the line, Maisie Evans. Take her out of the chorus. Thank goodness. And make a star out of her. I don't know how, and I don't care how, but do it. I promised her, and I keep my promise. Uh, but, 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 Mr. Carter... Are you going to do it, or do I have to get somebody else? Well, I'll try. Okay, kids. Places again. Now, I'm coming on stage, and we'll run through the number once more. Now, come on now. Places. Places. Uh, uh, let's go, Tommy. That looks better now, Barton. Ah, thanks, Mr. Carter. Hello, Carter. Remember me, Philo Vance? Ah, Vance. Sure, sure, I remember you. Sit down. All right. Come down to watch my show? No, I came down to see you. I went to headquarters to find you, but Sergeant Heath told me you were out on bail. Oh, that robbery rap. The Wellington Loan Company thing, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I think they got me on that one, Vance. I was a sucker to leave Prince, but when that alarm went off, I just wanted to get out of there. That's how Sergeant Heath reasons. Carter, did you know TikTok Maxwell? The guy who was killed the other night? Yeah, I knew him. Casually, of course. That's not the way I hear it. I understand you were his partner. News sure gets around, doesn't it? I see what's on your mind, Vance. You think maybe I killed him? Uh-uh. Okay. I was robbing a safe at the Wellington Company when he was knocked off. It was the same time, I understand. Lucky for me, I got an alibi. Yes, it is. You really take over for him now, don't you? You're the number one boss now. So people keep telling me. You want to know the truth, Vance? I'm retired. I'm going into show business. I'm back in this show here. I'll have something going for me when I get out after taking the rap the jury's going to give me on that safe job. 
Of course, I don't believe you're retired, but I don't suppose that interests you. What don't interest me is you around here. You want to get lost, Vance, or you want I should throw you out? It might be fun having you try. What makes you so tough, Carter? The fact that I'm out on bail, and I haven't been judged guilty of nothing yet. Right now, I'm a respectable guy, and I can have you tossed out of here legally if I like. Make sense? Yes. It so happens I was leaving anyhow, but I didn't want you to get the idea you could throw me out. Does that make sense? So long, Carter. I'll be seeing you. You think? Go on out across the stage, Vance. It's easier for you. Only keep away from the dame. I will, and Carter. Yeah? I've got an idea about you, and this little talk hasn't changed it a bit. All right, I'll see you. Vance. Oh, hello. Oh, Mr. Vance, you don't know me. I'm in the chorus of this show. My name's Maisie. Maisie Evans. When could I see you? What's the matter with right now? Oh, no, no. Good. Too many characters around. One too many. Frank Carter. Oh? What about him? I know something about TikTok Maxwell's murder, Mr. Vance. He was caught as partner, you know. I want to tell you about it. Well, I most certainly want to listen. When can you see me? Oh, we'll probably quit rehearsing around 11.30. How about midnight in your office? I'll be there, waiting for you. here, Miss Evans. I've been here since midnight. You're late, but come right in. Mr. Vance, I'm scared. I- I'm awful scared. I had to wait to be sure I wasn't followed. If anybody saw me come to see you, I'm cooked. Do you think anybody did see you come here? No, I'm pretty sure they didn't. Look, Vance, this is the story. Frank Carter knew that his partner, TikTok Maxwell, was going to be killed. He was with me up till about a half hour before the murder. Then he came back a half hour later and he was all smiles. That proves nothing, Miss Evans. Oh, don't I know it doesn't prove anything. If I had any proof, I'd have gone to the police. All I know is that he was in on the murder somehow. Alibi or no alibi. I've been playing up to Frank, Vance, but it was Maxwell I really went for. I want you to see that Maxwell didn't catch a slug from a killer that's going to get away. I can assure you I'll work on this, Miss Evans. Thank you for coming. Shall I take you home? Uh-uh, that's all I need to be seen with you. No thanks. If you want to pay me off for the tip, find the guy that got Maxwell. Deal? It's a deal, Miss Evans. And uh, thanks for coming down here to give me the information you did. Oh, no trouble. Only do something about it, Vance. I'll try. Call you at rehearsal tomorrow, Miss Evans. Yeah. Good night. Have a good talk with Vance, <gasps> Maisie? Oh. Scared you, too, didn't I? Ain't that too bad? What did you tell Vance, honey? Well, nothing, Frank. How could I? I don't know anything. I mean, I actually don't. Got the dumb act, Maisie. I know you were sweet on oh. Maxwell. Now, come on. You and I oh. got a date at my place. No, no. Oh, but don't you try biting my hand, kid, or I'll knock you out. Now, lump wouldn't look pretty on your pretty head. Now, come on, kid. Don't make me drag you. My place ain't so bad once you get used to it. Only I ain't sure right now whether I'm going to give you that much time. <laughs> happy leaving good enough alone, huh, Vance? You had to come to my house to pester me. Carter, where's Maisie Evans? Who? Oh, that's the way you're playing, eh? You know very well who she is. I just called her at rehearsal and she hadn't shown up. So I know you must have her, just as I know that your friend who let me in the house is standing right in back of me. And he stays there, Vance. Until you leave, that is. Right off. Right. You keep wanting me to leave you, Carter. 
What's the trouble? Don't you like my type? You keep hanging around me, Vance. What's the trouble? Do you like mine? You've never been further wrong in your life, Carter. Now, you listen. That's exactly what I was thinking. That girl is somewhere in this house, and I'm going to... Now, Leo, you could have done a better job on Vance if you'd have shot him instead of banging him on the head. It ain't too late, boss. No, but it might be a little too early. Time up. Okay. Hands and feet and drag him upstairs where the girl is. He wanted to find her? He'll find her. And the cops will find them both if they drag the river good enough tonight. <laughs> <laughs> This is District Attorney Markham. The TikTok murder case began with the finding of the body of TikTok Maxwell, racketeer. Philo Vance suspects his former partner, Frank Carter, who we believe was robbing a safe at the time of the murder. Carter is out on bail, and Vance, who has been investigating him, has been missing for several hours, and I can't understand what's happened to him. He may have run into trouble while investigating the Maxwell murder. Who is it? Oh, that you, Miss Evans? Yes. Philo Vance. Oh. Apparently, I've been thrown into the same room where Frank Carter was keeping you. Grab me when I left your office. He's afraid I know something. That's a good sign. Good's going to do it. My wrists are tied and my ankles are tied. I can't move. I'm tied up in the same way. Exactly where are you, Miss Evans? It's so dark in here, I can't see a thing. You keep talking, Vance. I'll roll over to where you are. Your voice will show me the way. Very well. You know, it seems to me that we're being kept here only as a temporary measure. <laughs> I think... Oh, here you are, Miss Evans. Right next to you. Vance, are we really sunk? Maybe not. I'm going to roll over to my left side. There. Now you lie on your right side with your back to me. Okay. There. What's this for? My wrists are tied, but my fingers are free. If I can reach the ropes around your hands... Better have got them. I think I can untie those knots. Yeah, now they're coming loose. Just keep working on them, Vance. Only hurry up. We don't know when they'll come back for us. Doing the best I, I can. There. My hand's free, Vance. Good. Now work on mine. Right. Quickly, Miss Evans. I don't know how long I was unconscious, but I do know I want to get away from this room. There. The rope's off your wrist, Vance. Work on your ankles. I'm getting the rope off mine. Right. We're still in Carter's house. Yes, this is a room in the attic. I've yelled myself blue in the face, but nobody heard me. I did, which accounts for my being here right now. Uh, there, I'm untied. There's probably a guard outside. You think so? Well, there's only one way to find out. Now listen, Maisie. Go bang on the door and yell, let me out, let me out. Then the guard will know I'm untied. That's right. He'll come in to investigate, and that's all I want him to do. Okay, if you say so. So I can't see. You can't see anything, but you could feel that, couldn't you, my friend? Well, that makes us even for smacking me over the head with your gun. Come on, Maisie, let's get out of here. Don't give me any excuses, Heath. Find him. Vance is in the city someplace, and I want him found. But, D.A., it takes time to find a guy in this city. It's a big city, and he's only one guy. Heath, practically every one of your cops knows Philo Vance or what he looks like. Yep. I want them on the job every minute. 
Final Vance must be found and quickly. Well, we'll do the best we can. Vance, uh, Heath, never mind. Vance just walked in here. Sorry to have caused you all that trouble, Markham. Forgive me. I didn't mean to get myself kidnapped. I don't want to know anything as long as you're safe, Vance. Except, of course, if you want to tell me what happened. Sure, Markham. A girl came to see me. Apparently, Frank Carter saw her come to my office and he abducted her. I went after her and was knocked out, but I managed to get away. I'm glad you did. Where's the girl now? She's over at my secretary's house. She'll be safe there. You know what she told me, Markham? No, something about the Maxwell murder? A great deal about it. She said that Carter was with her up until a half hour before Maxwell was killed. And he joined her a half hour after that. You're trying to tell me that he had the time to kill Maxwell. I know that. And I know that he had the motive, too. He was Maxwell's partner. But I told you, Vance, he has an alibi. He was robbing the Wellington Company's safe at the time of the murder. Then we'll break down that alibi, Markham. That's going to be difficult, Vance. I know. But I'm going to do something about it in just about an hour. Uh, uh, cut it out, will you, boss? You let him get away, Leo. You let him both That's... get away. Don't, boss, don't. I couldn't help it. Stop clipping me. That isn't all I'm going to do. Vance and the girl are both here, both tied up, and you let him get away. Leo, I could kill you. I ought to cut your heart out. I'm going to fix you. You aren't going to do anything at all, Carter, except stand still. You had the guts to come back here, Vance? Of course. I don't have a great deal of apprehension about taking care of you, Carter, when there's nobody in back of me. Hmm. Looks like you've been chastising your helpmate here. He's been slugging me because he thinks I let you get away. I wish he'd been here to try and stop me. That's brave talk with a gun in your mitt, Vance. Toss it away and let me hear you talk then. I may do that, Carter. You, your name's Leo, isn't it? That's right. Get out of here. Get out fast before I change my mind. Don't worry, I'm getting. I'll be out of here before you know it. <laughs> Made an awfully funny picture darting out that door, Carter. I got no sense of what's funny or not about a picture. What's going to be with you and me, Vance? The first thing I'd like is for you to tell me you killed Tick-Tock Maxwell. Well, I could tell you that, and it wouldn't mean a thing. The police know I was robbing a safe at the time the murder was committed. They think that, Carter. A minute ago, you wanted me to throw my gun away. Remember? You're not going to be sap enough to do it. I think I am. There. There's my gun. And now do me one great big favor, please, Carter. Try and get out of here. I've been looking forward to this moment for quite a while. Please, try and get past me to that door. <laughs> Known company, Agnew speaking. Mr. Agnew, this is Philo Vance. Vance? Don't tell me you need money. <laughs> Not exactly. What I need is information. Mr. Agnew, what kind of safe do you have in your office? The one that was robbed, I mean. Well, it's a large safe, Vance. Large and unwieldy. Uh, we kept all our cash and records in it. Uh, why do you ask? How is the burglar alarm connected to it? It's wired to the handle. But when the handle turns, the alarm goes off. I see. And you say the safe is unwieldy. It's pretty old. Door's heavy and sticks. Takes quite a tug to open it. Strictly a two-hand job unless a fellow's pretty strong. Thank you, Mr. Agnew. I was hoping for a break like that in this case. You've helped me a lot. Thanks again. You're welcome. I appreciate what you've told me, even though Frank Carter won't. Markham, Keith picked up Carter Stude's Leo, didn't he? Both Heath and Leo are in the next room right now, Vance. Good. Markham, you're due for a surprise. A big one. Tell Heath to bring Leo in, will you? Right. Yes, Mr. Markham. 
Ask Sergeant Heath and his prisoner to come in here, Miss Henderson, please. Yes, sir. Markham, Frank Carter tried one of the cutest tricks I ever heard of to cover up the fact that he killed his partner, Maxwell. Carter killed Maxwell? Mm-hmm. But how could he? He was robbing a safe at the exact time he of... He wanted you to think that, my friend. Get in there. Get in, I said. Okay, okay, but you don't have to shove. Oh, hello, Vance. Hey, you, you let me get away from Carter. Help me with the cops, too, will you? I may, Leo, if you help me. Leo, at exactly 10.02 on the night TikTok Maxwell was killed, you were at the Wellington Loan Company offices setting off the alarm. Who saw me? That isn't important. You wore gloves and you turned the handle of the safe. That set off the alarm. Then you got out quickly before the police arrived. I had to do that. Carter made me. Only I didn't steal nothing. I know you didn't. That was all done earlier. Well, Markham, there's Carter's alibi shattered. He wasn't at the Wellington Company at 10.02 at all. But his fingerprints were on the safe, and he had the money in his apartment. I can explain all that, and I will, when you have Carter rearrested. This time, for murder. It's okay with me. Just deal the cards, and I'm satisfied if no alarms go off and nobody wants any cops at this hour of the morning. Thinking of the Wellington loan safe job that Philo Vance busted for us, hmm? Yeah. You know how he knew that Frank Carter wasn't in that office at 10.02? No. I saw the report. Seems it was a big safe. Hmm? After you got the combination and turned the handle, you had to really yank to get the box open. Hmm? Well, Vance reasoned that a guy would use two hands to do that. But we only found one set of fingerprints on the handle. Just the right hand. Well, that wouldn't mean anything definite, Billy. Maybe not. But if you were opening a safe that was tough, and you were using only your right hand on the handle, you'd put your left hand on the side of the safe to give you leverage. Uh, Anyhow, that's what Vance claims. He ain't wrong either, come to think of it. And come to think of it, there weren't any left-hand fingerprints on the side of the safe. What did happen anyhow, Billy? Who did steal that dough? Well, here's the whole story. You deal the cards while I tell it to you. Okay. Carter got up to the Wellington place right after it was closed. He gimmicked the burglar alarm so it wouldn't go off and opened the safe, stole the money, and then closed the safe door, making sure he left a nice, clean set of prints of his right hand on the safe handle. Then he left. Go ahead. Well, when he was killing that Maxwell guy, he had this Leo, his stooge, go up to the Wellington joint and trip the burglar alarm. I see. Carter knew the cops would find enough evidence to lead them to him, and he actually wanted to take a burglary rap. He did. What could it mean? Maybe five years. And he'd be in the clear in the murder he'd committed. He'd be out and have all the dough he and Maxwell would have had to split. See why he did it? I sure do. Kind of cute. Mad Vance is awful smart. Well, let's get our pinochle game going. Time we started to play. Yep. We start right at the end of the TikTok murder case. There's more from Sam Spade, Philo Vance, past episodes of Case Closed, and everything else Relic Radio at the website relicradio.com. You'll find our shoutcast stream there with even more old-time radio, lots to listen to, all made available by your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. 
got some downloadable sets for certain donation amounts, though any amount is always appreciated and helpful. That's how these shows keep coming to you every week. Thanks to those who have helped out, and thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed. Thank you.